a dog defies all odds to save two little girls. A world-famous UFC fighter faces his greatest fear, alien abduction. And then we travel to the depths of the human psyche to meet a man who believes he can use the powers of the universe to turn his ex-girlfriend into humanity's god. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. Just a quick note, next week might be a little rough as far as release goes. I have some family coming into the area, so I'm going to be spending some time with them. I might have some reruns at the beginning of the week, or might have some reruns at the end of the week. I won't do a whole week of reruns, but we may not have a full week. It depends on really the schedule. I just wanted to get that out there. Secondly, we got a lot of stuff to cover, so I'm kind of going through this as quick as I can. Secondly, we got to give a shout out to our newest Patreon, Kaysen Jarpenter. Kaysen, thank you so much. Obviously, that's a play on my name. It'll be interesting if Kaysen ever subscribes to any other Patreons, because they won't get the joke, but I really appreciate your support, Kaysen. If you can't support the Patreon, we do have a merch store, and if you can't do that, that's okay. Just help get the word out about the show. You can write a review. Just tell your friends. It really, 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 really helps a lot. Let's go ahead and get started with our first story. Kaysen, you have control of the Carpenter Copter today. Hope that you have your flight certificate. We are flying over to the Philippines, specifically the year 2011. It's December. I remember the December 2011 in the Philippines. I'm a big Filipino nut. You can call it, They used to call me like a Philhead. I know all about the country. And I remember in 2011, huge, massive storms. I think it was, the air pressure was kind of high. I think it was like 28 or like, I don't know what what's high barometer thing flying through a storm. You're like, Jason, I'm trying to listen to this podcast while I'm going to sleep. Don't make alarm noises. Helicopter lands in Zambonga City. Zambonga City. That's actually rated the 11th best city to live in in the Philippines. Philhead right here. I know everything about Philippines. And in the Philippines, we're going to meet a cast of characters, these lovable dudes. We have Dina. She's an 11-year-old girl. She's waving to us from across the street. Hey, Dina. And then her niece, Princess, who's three years old. Hey, D- hey, Princess. Sorry, I called you Dina. Getting the names mixed up. And then, like, we're waving. And then we actually might be the cause for this accident. So as we're waving, we notice they also have a little dog there. It's a mutt. It's a little mutt, mutt dog named Kabang. Little puppies walking by. Now, Kabang was found by Dina's dad, a dude named Rudy Bungal. And he found it in a swamp. The Philippines have the 11th best swamps in the world. So he found this dog. He found Kabang in a swamp and brought it home to his kids. Now, dogs, especially mutts in the Philippines, are not looked upon very well. They're not these lovable little scamps that star in animated films. They're just, they're just trash. They're trash with four legs. Now, they do love dogs over there, but they're like, Bread dogs. Purebred dogs. What's it in between purebred and thoroughbred? One's a horse, right? This isn't a horse. It's a little puppy named Kabang. And so we're waving to these girls, and Kabang's like, ruff, ruff, ruff. and we're kind of distracting them because one day a motorcycle comes racing down the street, and the girls are in the way because they're slowly crossing the street a little bit. They, Let's get closer to them to wave, and we're still waving, and they're getting closer. This motorcycle's coming, and Kabang. We don't see what's going to happen. The girls don't see what's going to happen, but Kabang sees what's going to happen. Now, 
dog doesn't die, but what's about to happen is kind of gross. So if you love dogs, just uh, skip ahead. Just go fast forward until you stop hearing me use the word dog or kabang. The, the motorcycle's coming, and, but don't, actually, because this is a lovable story. The dog jumps in front of the motorcycle, right? And the motorcycle doesn't kill the girls, because it was going that fast. It was, it was the 11th fastest motorcycle in the Philippines at that time. The dog jumps in front of the motorcycle and gets its, okay, you can fast forward for 10 seconds, gets its muzzle or, like, nose, jaw thingy, mouth, I guess is the other word for it, caught in the spokes of the motorcycle. And rips its mouth open. Now, the girls are freaking out. The motorcycle dude's freaking out. Rudy comes out and sees the dog. And the dog was missing the top half of its mouth. Don't worry. This story has a happy ending. This isn't just gruesome injuries for beautiful animals. This dog has the top of its mouth taken off. And it's all bloody. Obviously, it wasn't laying on a pillow of cotton candy. Rudy comes out. He's like, oh, no, my dog. And they take the dog to the vet. And the vet's like, uh, yeah, this isn't going to work. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try my best. This dog saved these little girls' lives. This vet happened to be the 11th best vet in the Philippines. So he was able to save Kabang's life. But he only had, like, half a mouth. And the top of his face was gone. So if you took a dog, don't do this. This is just for an illustrative effect. If you took a dog with his mutt mouth, not a little pug, he had like the long snout, and you cut off the top, so now he just has a bottom jaw and nothing on the top. That's what it would look like. There's photos of him in the show notes, if you want to see this guy. And so they start, the, the word gets out about this guy. It goes viral. Lil Kabang saved these two little girls. Can you just donate some money to help this dog? They end up raising $22,000. The dog is sent to America, so now he's like, now he is an animated puppy. So he's like, living in the boat. And there's a song where he's like, dance with all the other dogs on the boat, and they're like, trying to avert their eyes. They're like, oh, that's such a gruesome injury. But, because that's what you normally do. You see something, you're like, oh, whoa, what happened to you? And then you go, Ah, never mind. It, you have an initial reaction to something. Then you get over it and you're like, ah, whatever. So that's what this musical number is about. Is the dog's going, dude, what's up with that dog? And then, like, he's like, I'm just being me. Just being a dog who saved some girls. And then the other dogs are like, yeah, I guess that's cool. Like, you know, it's appearance is fur deep. So then they do a dance number. They get off the boat. And then he goes to the vet. And the vet, a bunch of vets were doing all these surgeries on him. And he's still alive. So now he, they said, listen... We just wanted to make it so he was functional. We weren't worried about his cause. There was no cosmetic surgery. So basically now, he looks like a pug with a big old jaw. And he's super happy. And you're like, Jason, that's just a story about a dog getting his mouth caught in the gears of a motorcycle. But that's not all. Because he actually, they take him into the vet thing and he, they fix him up. And then they say... Whoa, whoa, he goes to get up and he starts singing a dance number. New mouth, new life, new day. And they're like, whoa, 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 kabang, kabang, sit back down. Because while while they were fixing his mouth, they realized he had heartworm. Ugh. I was wondering what that horrible worm-like <laughs> moving pain was in my heart. He had heartworm, which is typical of dogs in like the swamps, in the swampier regions. And he had a tumor the size of a golf ball inside of him. So he's like, oh, I was wondering why golfers kept chasing me down the street. Just thought people hated me. So, not, and they took him out. They didn't leave him in there. They just didn't go, oh, he has heartworm and a golf ball tumor, but you don't have enough money for that. So get another GoFundMe. So Kabang saves the lives of his master's daughter and master's niece. They're all, they're all a family. And he saved himself. 
by getting a golf ball tumor removed and getting all the heartworm cured. So had he not jumped into the way of that motorcycle, he would be dead already, and so would these girls. So sometimes it's better, the moral of the story, I guess, is sometimes it's better to be hideously disfigured because, one, you get a couple musical numbers out of it. Two, you might have saved someone's life by doing it. I just remembered a horrible story that's the opposite of this. And then three, might save your own life as well. So good on you, Kabang. As far as the Philippines concerned, you may be ranked 11th in dogs that have had cosmetic surgery funded by GoFundMes in America. But to Dead Rabbit Radio, you're the number one puppy in our book. It was funny, though, as of now, <laughs> I got to go to this dour moment. When I was in Sacramento, I had a buddy who was dating this dude. And they came up, not my not my friend. My friend was a, this girl. She was dating this guy who came up with this. This is all public knowledge at this point, so I don't, I'm not ratting anyone out as of the newspapers. She was dating this Russian dude, and this Russian guy and his friend decided to pull some insurance scam by setting a restaurant that the friend owned on fire. So they doubt, you like how the tone changes? Because this story is kind of dark, sorry. If you, if, if you skipped the dog stuff and this is where you're coming back in, I apologize. But anyways, this, this story must have taken place back in 2004, 2005. I've never really looked it up. I, I remembered reading about it when it happened, and then years later, I met someone involved in this. My friend was dating this Russian guy, and she and so what happened was these two Russian guys wanted to burn down this restaurant in Sacramento to get insurance money, so they doused the place in gasoline, which is stupid, but they doused... Most crimes are stupid. Arson's probably the easiest crime to get caught with because there's dedicated arson investigators. You commit a homicide, you're going to have a homicide investigator after you. You commit petty theft or graffiti or stuff like that. Most of the time, it's just who, whatever cop shows up on the scene or whatever cop gets the report will be some beat cop after you. So you can smash them in these windows as you want. But once you start setting fires, you'll have a dedicated arson investigator who is as good as a homicide detective. Their specialty is just tracking down people. It's very, very hard to get away with arson. Obviously, your mileage may vary. I don't want to get a bunch of emails from arsonists being like, I'm still out there and I'm smoking. I, yeah, yeah, whatever. But anyways, these two dudes were decided to come up with a scam and they doused the place in gasoline or some sort of... Infl- it may not have been gasoline specifically, but I believe it was, it was some sort of something that would ignite on fire. And though they were on opposite sides of the building, and the one guy wasn't out of the one guy was standing outside the door, the other guy was apparently like opening the door to get out. And the dude on the other side of the building ignited the fire. And the guy who was still like he was just getting out just then, the air ignited and torched him. Burned him super badly, and he stumbles out of the building, and he's on fire. And my friend was... T- she wasn't dating the guy who got set on fire. She was dating the other guy. And she dumped him, because, you know... She dumped him. I don't know if it was because of the arson <laughs> conviction, or if she was just done with him, because she kind of rotated through men pretty quickly. But she was saying that... the And I remember reading about it in the newspaper. I go, oh, that's tragic. You know, committing a crime for financial gain, you're permanently disfigured. And, but you know, you live with it. If you got horribly burned or you got all your limbs blown off and stuff like that, you can still live, it would be horrible if it happened at the same time. But even if it did, you just, you just got to roll with the punches. That's just the way life is. And that actually plays into our next segment, honestly. But the idea is that um, he got horribly burned. And I guess he was a really vain guy. He was a really good looking guy. And he was always about his looks and his hair and his face and stuff like that. And she goes, I walked into the hospital room to see him, and he just was completely just burned up. 
completely burned up. And he said that he looked like a monster. He couldn't even look at himself. He looked like a monster. And he ended up dying within a year. And I go, did he kill himself? And she just kind of shrugged. And she goes, he just gave up. Like, I'm sure it was a struggle, like, having to deal with the wounds and stuff like that. But she didn't, she just goes, he just gave up. So I don't know if he was in, still doing recovery, and he just lost the will to live, or maybe he OD'd or something like that. But yeah, So that's, (laughs) the Kabang story is much more uplifting. I don't, why did I get onto that one? Just talking about gruesome injuries and stuff like that. The moral of the story for that one is just don't commit, like, crimes, or stupid crimes. Like, you might have to, like, steal bread for your family or something like that, or cheat on some sort of i don't know i don't know you know what i'm saying just don't blow stuff up let's go ahead and move on to our next story here our next story is really short it's actually i'm cribbing this from the joe rogan podcast but it raises an interesting question george george's george's saint pierre he's a ufc fighter it was a ufc fighter i believe he's retired now his trainer was on the joe rogan show his trainer was faras zahabi and for us, it was just, you know, Joe Rogan's podcast, they just kind of, it's a really good podcast. I'm sure you guys have heard of it, but Joe Rogan just kind of weaves through the conversation, kind of lets it go where it goes. And this part of the conversation for us says, yeah, I used to travel with Georges and we'd be in the hotel room. One day I was in the bathroom. I was brushing my teeth because we'd share a room together sometimes. Came out of the bathroom. There was a foam roller laying on the ground in front of the door and I moved it and this UFC fighter jumps up and goes, no, 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 don't move it, don't move it, don't move it. And Zahabi was like, uh, what's going on? He goes, no, 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 I have to leave that there because this is the way that it works. If aliens abduct me, they'll come into the room and they'll grab me and they'll take me to their spaceship, but then they'll erase my mind and I'll never know if I was abducted. However, I'll know because the foam roller has moved away from the door. The aliens won't remember to put the foam roller back. So then I'll know I was abducted, which to Joe Rogan had a great comment to this. His This was his quote. Doesn't he think the aliens can come through walls? How are they taking him out? Taking him through the hallway, holding his hand? Which is true. But what the reason why I wanted to highlight this, which isn't, it's not true that they'll do that. One, the image of a guy walking through a hotel hallway with an alien holding his hand, like out the lobby and nobody noticing is quite comical, but... We covered this before, not this particular incident, but there was the guy who, I think it was Michael Menken or Melkin. He sold the hats that uh, could prevent you from being abducted or the aliens reading your mind. They also cured autism. He sold those hats. That's probably about 60 episodes ago. We did that one. And he also believed that you could put a door lock on a door. There was like this, this advanced door stopping technology that would prevent yourself from being abducted. The idea of aliens having to open and close your door is is bizarre to begin with. They have interstellar travel, but they have to come through a doorway. That almost sounds folklorish to me. And we've talked about that as well. A lot of times where we see this blending between like elves and fairies and gnomes of old world stuff. And then aliens of today. The idea of being kidnapped, of being replaced of but this is like you have to invite them in type of thing like a vampire so they have to come through a doorway opens up a whole bunch of questions i think the most interesting question two of them one if you were abducted would you want to know like would it be better to just not know not have like horrible visions or every time you see like et you're totally like peeing your pants but like you don't have any idea whatsoever you have no hang-ups or weirdo fetishes for short gray people you just have been abducted, aliens did stuff to you, you're brought back down, you have no clue. Would you rather have that, or would you rather remember the violation? Two, 
The second question is, could a UFC, and we've gone over this a couple times, but could a UFC fighter basically take over a spaceship single-handedly? Like, I get it, they can paralyze you with your beams, but you still figure someone who's spent their life in the octagon has more willpower than your average dairy farmer. Could be wrong on that. I think they could probably override the Gray's mental control. But, yeah, it's funny because this little incident, uh, this little thing on the Joe Rogan show really, like, opens up a bunch of questions about Gray's and about alien abductions in general. And it also shows that even UFC fighters are afraid of something. Which, I mean, I guess we figured. I wonder how many of them are afraid of the dark. And they're like, no, I don't want to get choked out. No, 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 it's my worst fear. Getting choked out does not hurt at all. And it's so funny because I used to read when I read a lot of true crime, they'd be like, and then he strangled her. And I'm like, oh my God, that must be so horrible. It's not that bad. I'm not recommending you do it to people. But if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're getting murdered and getting strangled, you should just go fight back, obviously. Fight back. But if you lose the fight, just go, ah, there's worse ways to go. If you're listening to this podcast right now and being murdered at the same time, yeah, don't worry about it. Let's move on to our last topic here, and I hope I have time for this. This is, I don't want to read through this because it's actually quite wordy, but there's a 4 it sucks because it's on 4chan, so it's gone at this point. So I could read through it, but I think it's kind of slow going. But anyways, back on December 23rd, 2019, this guy posted a thing on 4chan called Worshipping My Tinder Date. And he goes on to say, I'll read some specific quotes from this. I pray to her every night before bed. Okay, that that's fine, dear. I'm trying to think like, I okay, I'll say this. I've had a one-nightus. I've had a girl that I was totally head over and heels with. And it's just like, oh my God, why can't I have, why can't I be with her? Oh my God, it hurts my heart. Why, universe, why, whatever. Like, I and I can't say that I only had those when I was younger. Like I think the last one I had was like when I was like thirty-two, and then I just kind of was like, mm, "No, I'm not doing that anymore." And it sucks because it actually ruined another relationship. I believe it ruined another relationship. I was in this one. I was in this long distance thing where I was pining over this girl for years and years and years, and it didn't work out. And then I met this other girl. And she, we, we had this great time together. And she's like, I got to go to LA and take care of some stuff. My mom and my dad are down there. But I would like to, you know, do some, I would like to be with you. And I was like, nope, uh-uh, I don't do anything long distance because I had such a bad experience the first time. And that girl was honestly the, probably the nicest woman I've ever met outside my mom. And she was gorgeous. But I was like, I'm not doing that. And we still talk from time to time, and I kind of feel bad about that. Like, I think if... I can't do a long-term relationship, but she was like, give me a year type of thing. And I was like, it sucked. I didn't put any work into it. But so, that's the problem, too, is those one-nitis things can kind of ruin your... Because this person was taking advantage of you. My one-nitis was taking advantage of me. She's basically stringing me along. I was dating other girls at the time. But I was always pining for this. This episode's getting oddly personal. I was always pining for this one girl. I was dating these other girls here and there. Anyways, whatever. But it, I think it did end up ruining my relationship with this other woman. So, and she was awesome. Anyways, anyways. anyways. So, that's the, I didn't intend on, on revealing that information. This guy, and I didn't pray to these girls every night. I've never done that. But this guy, I pray to her every night. But... He says he can't get her out of his head. And then we go to this quote. 
Perhaps one day, if I acquire the necessary amount of wealth to do such a thing, we'll strike up pillars, statues, and synagogues? Synagogues. So, yeah, synagogue. I don't know how you build a synagogue for someone. This is just such a weird... Why a synagogue? Like, are synagogues normally named after people? Is there, like... What? That doesn't make any... Well, none of this makes sense. I don't know why I'm getting hung up on that. But anyway, so pillar statues and synagogues to pay homage to her beauty. That'd be so weird. You're walking down the street and it's Tinder date number three synagogue. And people are like, uh, should I pray here? I don't know. Maybe I should just go down the street to one that's actually like a real synagogue as opposed to this one. But the stained glass window is just a picture of a girl taking a selfie. He goes on to say that he's revealed a lot to this woman, and I'm wondering if he's done it in person or just through prayer. But it says that, the whatever the case, whether it's just through praying to this woman in a synagogue made for her, or actually talking to her on Tinder, I it's not even clear if he's met this woman in real life, which is what's creepy about it. He says, quote, This woman has awoken a insatiable devotion deep within me. I wish I could utter her true name on this post. Alas, doing such a thing has the potential to jeopardize precisely what makes her outstanding. The unknowingness of her power is so pure, if she ever finds out her raw strength, it will be the end of the world. Like, and again, when I have been pining over a woman, this is just weird, right? Like, I'm not wrong. I'm, you guys aren't, like, nodding your head to this and being like, oh, yeah, dude, she would destroy the world, just like my girlfriend. Is he talking about my girlfriend? Like, this is weird, right? Like, sometimes I feel, I don't think I'm special or separate from humanity, but I think my view on relationships is much more blunt than other people's. So uh, maybe I'm the the odd one out. But, yeah, I'm more, I remember um, I was seeing this girl recently, and I told her, I did something nice for her, and I said, remember this three months from now when you're telling all your friends what a jerk I am, what a horrible guy I am. And she goes, why would I do that? And I'm like, you'll see, (laughs) you'll, because I've dated, I've never been in a relationship longer than a year. Most of my relationships are very, very short, so I, I know exactly how they all play out. I, and I, even when I started seeing this girl recently... Uh, I made a comment like that. I said, yeah, you know, it'll last a couple months and then it'll just be over with. Three months tops. My friend goes, why? And I go, listen, this is the key. This is how this works out. I don't change at all. My personality is exactly the same. But what happens is it starts off being very attractive. I'm funny and I'm charming and I'm humble (laughs) and I'm self-assured. I go, and then three months from now, I don't take anything seriously. I'm glib or flirting with other women, and I instead of being self-assured, I'm cocky or arrogant. I haven't changed at all. Your perception of me has changed. You go from liking me to being irritated by me to disgust to outright hatred. And the point is, is to break up in between liking me and being irritated by me. You can be a little irritated by me. We break up. We're still totally good or kosher because there's going to be a synagogue based on me, but other, once it starts to get to disgust and hatred, then we it starts to get bad. So, But I don't generally break up with people. I just keep going, and then they are like, I'm done. And I'm like, okay. Like, I normally don't pull the, pull the trigger on that. But um, oddly enough, I do always hang up first. I never let people, like, we're talking on the phone. I start to notice a lull in the conversation. Hey, I got to go. Uh, okay. 
Like, I don't let them hang up on me. But I will let them dump me. Super bizarre. Little Jason, side note. Anyways, so this is, the guy also goes on to say this. Now he wants us to find the salvation in this random girl on Tinder. I will also pray, maybe you, one day, will come across her and bask in her eternal warmth. But until then, you must have hope. Your decisions in life, at the very least, lead you to a location within a mile radius of her aura, not directly in front of her. Just someday you're going to be traveling through Tucson, Arizona and be like, I can feel I'm close. Why not just in front of you? What is this guy's problem? I don't want to be a mile from the most amazing woman ever. Just if I, if you can control the universe, put me there. But anyways, lead you to the location within a mile radius of her aura, as that will surely be enough to invigorate you for another decade or two. I guess I should have read the rest of that sentence before I went off on that. So I guess just being around her energizes you. Then this is the clue here, because right now we don't know his relationship with this girl. It ends with this, too long, didn't read. She's cut contact. So she has been talking to this girl. And then she cut him off. She's cut contact because I spurge. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Spurge basically like went overboard. She's cut contact because I went overboard and I can't shake her from my mind. So using the law of attraction, I will pray her back into my life. And that is the core. And that's why I wanted to talk about this. I didn't want to just highlight this guy's email because it's weird. I wanted to talk very briefly about the law of attraction and how it relates to this. Because I see this a lot, especially on 4chan. People go, how can I law of attraction a woman or a man? I don't know what you're into, but how can I law attraction someone into my life? You can't. Little asterisks there. This is the interesting thing. And this has ramifications for a lot of stuff that's coming up. Law of attraction, very, very briefly, is what you, the universe wants to give you what you want. So you have to put into the universe what you want. You have to believe, too, that you already have it. I suggest people reading The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. It's a great book. You can find it anywhere because there's no copyright to it. it. It's from the 1890s. It's before The Secret. It's before Think and Grow Rich. It's what those books are based on. Read this book. It's fascinating. But you have to believe you already have it. I use visualization and, and The Science of Getting Rich to promote this show. And I've talked about that in past shows. I visualize myself already having 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 listeners. I visualize that in my head. And I honestly believe it helps the show grow. Now, obviously, you have to visualize and do the work. If I just released one episode a month and sat and daydreamed having 10,000 listeners, it's not going to work. Because you have to do the work as well, and that's a key component. So read the book, Science of Getting Rich. I've thought about doing an audiobook version of it, but read the book. But this is what I want to get into. You can't use the law of attraction because you go, okay, you can hack the universe, Jason, and you can get people to listen to your show. I'm not making people listen to my show. I'm putting it out in the universe that makes it more likely for people to find my show in the first place. If the show sucks, they're not going to listen to it. It's not a zombie power. I'm not a warlock. But what I can do is I can maneuver the universe into a place that makes it more likely that a new listener finds it. A new listener who's looking for a show like this can find it. So can you do that with a particular person? You can't. Now, you can put out to the universe, I want to meet someone with these particular attributes. Now, of course, if you're like, oh, she got to have big boobs and a giant butt, like, technically, yes, you could do that. But again, you have to put in the work. If you want a gorgeous, gorgeous woman who's smart and intelligent and funny and all this stuff, you better be that as well. 
you can't be a schlub and want this perfect thing and you're not putting in the work yourself. And that's a big component to this law of attraction. If you are a total misanthrope and despise humanity and you want someone who looks like Taylor Swift and acts like Taylor or just Taylor Swift in general, it's not going to work because will your personality be attractive to someone who has all of the traits that you want? So I'm not saying that if you're a, if you're kabang, you can't date a super hot chick. But if you're a kabang and everything else works, you're missing the top half of your job, but you're funny and you're smart and you're hard work and stuff like that, then yeah. You can put into the universe to attract someone who's attracted to those traits. You can do a generic mate, but you can't do somebody specific. I could not, all the times I sat around thinking about that girl that I really, really liked and daydreaming, oh, this we could go do this, we could go do that, daydreaming to it mildly, that doesn't attract them. It does the opposite. This is really, really fascinating. We're going to end it like this. When you put out into the universe towards a specific person like that, and you're saying, I want you, I want you, you're visualizing that person coming to you, you're actually infusing that person with power to do their own thing. You're giving them strength. Let's say that I'm putting out into the universe, and I use the science of getting rich. I use it with all aspects of my life. When you're putting it out into the universe that you want this particular thing, let's say that you go, but Jason, I hate you and I hate your show, so I'm going to use visualization to make it so nobody listens to your show. That's not how it works. Because I'm the subject of the visualization, you're giving me power. You're making me stronger. That's why people go ignore the haters. The haters are putting energy on you. And if you stop to think about them and engage with them, it's distracting. You're putting your energy into paying attention to negative things. You keep looking ahead, and the haters, all of their energy is basically the winds in your sails. It doesn't matter what their intent is. You're the subject. You'll keep going ahead. It's fascinating because they're putting mental energy into you, moving you farther from them and closer to your goal. Can't stop to engage with them. You just keep going. So I want to say this. On episode 300, we put out that challenge about you guys changing your lives, like I did with this show. Back on episode 300, I said by episode 600, we all need to be in a different, better place than we are today. I think we would be better for it. I think the world would be better for it. And so this is your first piece of homework here on episode, what, episode 379. Here's your first piece of homework. I want you, starting today, to start visualizing that new you. And I mean really visualizing it. The smell of your new workplace. The type of clothes you're going to wear when you're successful. I want you to feel the cloth against your skin. I want you to feel, or maybe you're a bikini model and it's nylon. doesn't matter. And if you are, give me a phone call. The, the, um, I want you to experience the warmth of the sun months from now, when you are in a different place and a different time as a different person. I want you to visualize, because that's the way it works. I want you to visualize it to the second where you're going to be when you're successful. I want you to use this life hack as well. And this isn't a paid promotion. I'm not going to come out with a book that you need to buy. This is something, this is free from me to you. The Science of Getting Rich like I said, I, there's no affiliate link. You can find that anywhere. You can find it for free. It is not a copyrighted book because it's so old. 
I that book honestly made me look at myself and the world so differently. You have to visualize your success to achieve it. Every bodybuilder in the world will tell you, I pictured my body before I picked up my weights. You have to do that. So this is your homework. This is the first episode you're getting homework. I want you to visualize the new you. Not this guy. This guy, hopefully he comes around and he realizes that this woman is just a mortal woman. And because it's creepy. And hopefully he doesn't try to like murder this chick. But just leave her behind. I want, and so if you're listening to this podcast, you do it too. But again, leave out the synagogues, unless you're Jewish, and then you can go to them. But don't build them for women, is what I'm saying. And then, and then I want you guys to, that's your homework. Start that process. Visualize that now. Think about it. Put it out into the universe. You'll have to do the work as well, but the first step is knowing that you've already gotten there. You have to believe you are already at the end goal. Because if you believe that it is true, the universe goes, oh, they're supposed to be successful. I, I, I better start moving things in line. Because the universe believes you. The universe is yours to create. So let's get to work, guys. Let's start making better versions of ourselves today. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Hey.